before I forget, I deactivated my personal Twitter. How will the world get by without LT Black Niners and his thoughts on everything? Just kind of sick of it. It's always negative. I thought you just closed up shop after you got cooked by Jason Aponte. Good, everybody. Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. It's Thursday, so you know who's with me. The human wet blanket, Levin Black. What's up, Levin? Hey, Rob. Oh, I took it from you. I totally took it from you. Oh, okay. I thought for a second there, I thought you were going to steal Michelle's hey, hey. And I was like, oh, man, we got problems. No. <laughs> All right. You don't want to go there. Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to say hey hey because I might get the nickname Fat Albert. I don't want that nickname. <laughs> That's what I think of whenever there's two hey's. A topical reference by you. Yes. Um, before we get rolling, I want to remind everybody: please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I always say, you leave a review, we'll read it, good, bad, or otherwise. This is a five star review. Thank you very much, Ryan V twenty two. Subject: Rob and Niners Nation are pushers. Niners Nation is my daily drug. Thanks, Rob. I love all the shows. Bully Ball is amazing, especially Steph. I identify with Levin with a pessimist perspective. And Rob, 49ers in five is how I get my day started. Go Niners. Thank you, Ryan V22. I don't like that he mentioned you in the review, but still a good review overall. I don't like that he said I have a pessimist view. Uh, you do. I know. <laughs> I, I don't think of it as that. I don't think of myself as a pessimist, and in real life, outside of the sports realm, I'm not. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those things, like, I don't think of it, I don't see it as that, but when I kind of take a step back and look at it from afar and look at things I have posted, it's like, yeah, I can see where people think that. I'm, like, not that way when I'm watching the game. I am. So it's just, it's like a, it's like a difference of I I don't know how to put it, but like I'm different in real life than I am when you see my uh, on air or on Twitter persona. Keep the reviews coming. We always always appreciate it. Got a little bit of news today, or yesterday, I should say. The Raiders. <laughs> I don't know what the Raiders are doing. Eleven. They're in complete disarray, which is perfect because they're about to play the Forty ers They are benching Derek Carr for the rest of the year. Come on down, Mr. Jared Stidham. He of the zero career NFL starts. You get your first chance to go out there against an historically good 49ers defense. And it's not like uh, like Stidham did play a little bit in New England, but it wasn't good uh, from what I remember. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm a huge expert that watched every play that he played. But he did have, I think, like 44 pass attempts in one season. Accuracy wasn't much there. I do remember watching him in one of the games that he played in that year with New England. I remember just thinking that he was a statue. (laughs) He had no pocket awareness, couldn't move. And just, he was just one of those guys that he doesn't have the otherworldly ability to read a defense quick to make up for the fact that he can't move. So that is not going to be a good recipe here against the 49ers defense. And I do think, you know, looking back, you know, I'm obviously judging that based off a small sample size from what I saw of one game. But he does have he has been sacked six times with 61 pass attempts. So it's like one sack per every 10 pass attempts, which is horrendously bad. 
Now, I'm sure that'll work out great for him this week against Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Abu Cam, Drake Jackson will probably be active once again. Like, good luck, man. And you know what? I'm here for it. I don't care. You want to say the 49ers haven't played anybody? Whatever. We're going to the playoffs. I just want to get through these final two games and get to the postseason as healthy as possible. So great. You want to bench Derek Carr? Awesome. We'll grind Jared Stidham into the ground, chew you up, spit you out, and advance on and finish up with Arizona in week 18. I don't care. Speaking of uh, just being healthy going into the playoffs, I do think uh, one of the things that came from the press conference yesterday with Kyle Shanahan was a little bit interesting where he said basically he doesn't want to risk players for a little bit not fully healthy, but he also doesn't really have the ability to rest people completely because it's a 53-man roster. you got to dress 48. What am I supposed to do? But the fact that he said he doesn't want to risk players who aren't fully healthy is a little intriguing because you know Bose has been nursing some things, and you know Debo's trying to come back. Does he rest Boza at any point? And does he allow Debo to come back before the playoffs? Or does he just say, hey, we're not risking it. You got one of those injuries that's already gotten worse. You know, he he had the, what, the groin or the hamstring earlier this year. I forget which one it was. And now he's got a knee and an ankle on top of it. It's like, just be ready for the playoffs. Like, that's not a player you really need to get on the field prior to. You know, I don't think he's a guy that's going to come in and, and need a quarter to get back up to speed. Well, and he also said, when it comes to Bosa, oh, well, you know, even if he didn't play these last two games, he should still be defensive player of the year. And guess who missed practice yesterday with an illness? Nick Bosa. What would be a nice way to cover up any potential injury that Nick Bosa has? Say that he missed practice with an illness. Again, I don't know that any of that's happening. We have no idea. For all we know, Bosa will be back out there chasing the hell out of Jared Stidham, whatever. But... It's interesting when you connect those two comments together. Yeah, I I do think that there would be a little bit of an issue if he was fully healthy and Shanahan was just saying, hey, we're not risking you because we know Bosa is chasing things. You know he wants that defensive player of the year award. He's mentioned that he really has a sight set on the Alden Smith franchise record, uh, sack record. So I think if you just benched him just because, I could see Bosa kind of being pissed about that and you run the risk there of creating a, a bad attitude that you don't want to create. Not that I think Boza would completely go off the rails or anything, but why, why kind of pull on the reins? You know what I mean? Unless it right. truly is a risk to a serious injury, then you just kind of have to let him go. He's a guy that's not going to want to sit out. And yeah, Kyle said, basically, if you're healthy, you're going to play because he doesn't think you can turn football on and off. So if we see that Nick Bosa suddenly doesn't play, then maybe we know that he's got a little, you know, dealing with something. But right now, he looks absolutely incredible. He may be coming off his best game of the year last week. Um, to me, like, I feel like the narrative has shifted, right? Earlier in the year, we were saying, like, Nick Bosa should be defensive player of the year. I feel like everybody's kind of caught up to that now. And kind of now the feeling is like, yeah, he sort of is. And unless somebody just goes, like, unless Michael Parsons just goes berserk these last two weeks, I feel like Bosa's got it. I mean, I, I think if Parsons was closer in sacks, like if they were a dead heat to lead the league in sacks, it probably would be more of a conversation. I think there would still be a very big uh, Parsons supporting cast. Uh, but I do think that the fact that he has, what, four sacks lead now on Parsons, like that's a pretty big difference and a very easy way to kind of 
nudge everybody to go, okay, well, now we can give it to them without anybody really having a logical argument to complain. Well, not only that, but the Cowboys defense has gotten worked the past <laughs> couple of weeks, too. Uh, Bosa is minus 1,200 to win Defensive Player of the Year, according to our friends at DraftKings. Next closest is Micah Parsons at plus 650. So <laughs> Vegas says if you want to win $100 on Nick Bosa winning Defensive Player of the Year award, you have to bet $1,200. That's how sure they are that Nick Bosa is going to win the award. So that should tell you all you need to know with that. This game looks like a huge mismatch on paper. The one thing I wanted to point out, Levin, is I think Max Crosby is going to be just ready to murder everything in his path because there's a ton of Raider fans saying that that Crosby was, you know, better than Bosa. I think he has a chip on his shoulder. I think he's going to want to stick it to the Niners and show everybody, hey, I'm better than 97 on the other side. Look at me. And if he's not going against Trent Williams, which let's be honest, we know he probably won't be. There's going to be some opportunity there for Max Crosby. Yeah, I mean, Max Crosby, you know, and Boza, they came out in the same draft. Crosby was the less heralded. I don't remember what round he was taking in, but it was later, like fourth or fifth round. Uh, whereas Boza was obviously the number two overall pick. Crosby's a great player. He's just not Nick Boza. It it is what it is. Crosby's a guy that could end up being a Hall of Famer. Boza is a guy that could end up being in the argument for one of the greatest of all time. That's the difference. They're both great players. They're both all pro potential players. But there is a difference there. Yeah, Crosby was a fourth round pick. Uh, But you're right. He's very, very, very good. He's just not Nick Bosa, who's one of a handful of just absolute game wreckers need to know where he is on every play, makes all the big plays during the game. I keep talking about it. His sack on the two-point conversion is a massively important play last week because it keeps it a two-score game. It changes the entire rest of the game for the 49ers offense. He's going to get no credit for that. It's not an official tackle. It's not an official sack. It's not an official anything. It's going to be forgotten. But like he's been making those types of plays all year long. Yeah, and let's hope he can continue it because there's a chance he doesn't play. I do think that there's some shenanigans going on, whether it turns out to be just uh, the media having shenanigans, trying to push this narrative that maybe Nick Boza doesn't play the last two weeks, or it's shenanigans by the team where they're making up an illness so that they can hide an injury and not play him. One of those two is happening, I think. We need like a shenanigans alert. On this show, we call shenanigans a lot. We need some. I got to come up with like some sort of sounder that we can like play with sirens. You know what movie to get it from? Which movie? Get it from uh, Super Troopers. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. You know, I've only seen that movie a couple of times and it was a long time ago, but I'll have to go investigate it now because we call shenanigans. We need something. It's too frequent on the show. Yeah, that, that would be the place to take it from. Like, I think that is, if you hear the word shenanigans and you are under the age of like 45, that's the movie that comes to mind. One more thing I want to point Unless out. Unless you're holed up in a basement in Connecticut. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's where all the cool kids are. Um, one more thing I want to point out with the Raiders, because it seems like for all intents and purposes, they're going to be moving off of Derek Carr one way or, the no, or, or another next year, whether they cut him or trade him, whatever. I thought about Jimmy Garoppolo because 
it's another quarterback that's going to be on the market. I'm sure Jimmy's got to look at it like, damn it. You know, the, the more options teams have, the less money Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get. Uh, and, you know, we kind of saw last year, right? There were a lot of options on the market and all of a sudden there was no place for Jimmy. How do you think he feels about the Raiders potentially putting Derek Carr out there? I would say it depends on his relationship with his former offensive coordinator. Because that former offensive coordinator is now the head coach of the Raiders. If he's still close with Josh McDaniels or Josh, Mc, he knows Josh McDaniels was his biggest supporter and wanted to pick him over Brady yeah. back when that was going down, then Jimmy has to know that that is a very likely landing spot for himself. And I think it should be said that I don't know that McDaniels is a guy that can afford another losing season and not get uh, fired. So he's probably going to look for a veteran that can step in and he thinks he can get a winning record with right away. So that would be, I would say, the top choice or most logical choice to be able to draw and connect lines to this offseason is Jimmy going to the Raiders now. He would look good in that Raider uniform too, wouldn't he? Especially now that he's got a little gray in the hair and almost like matches the <laughs> uniform. Like just when you thought this guy couldn't look any better, holy crap, he's now on the Raiders. That's a quintessential Jimmy Garoppolo moment there. I talk about him football, and the first reaction somebody has is, well, what would he look like? Well, he's handsome. I mean, I don't know if you've <laughs> noticed. Because he's not an elite quarterback. You don't <laughs> keep talking about Grady. as you, you instantly go about the only other thing you got. But I do think that that, to me, now becomes the most likely spot. Not that it's guaranteed or anything, but I do think that's now the most likely spot because McDaniels can't afford a rebuild. He cannot afford a complete rebuild. And, oh, by the way, you know, the league leader – in rushing yards is Josh Jacobs and he's a free agent after this year. And I can't remember the exact quote, but he was asked about like with his success this year, because you know, there's been no love lost between that organization and Jacobs. He feels mistreated by not really getting the rock until this season, but he was asked about with how successful he's been. Would he maybe consider coming back? And he, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was basically like, uh, F no. I'm not <laughs> like back. I'm over it. I think he said something <laughs> so like losing that. that as well. Yeah. Well, you know what? I didn't I had forgotten, to be honest with you, about the Josh McDaniels, Jimmy Garoppolo connection. But you're right. Like I, he has plenty right. of experience with him. Now, Jimmy might know that McDaniels doesn't like him and thus he's going, crap, there's another guy in the market. Or he might know that McDaniels was a huge fan of him and thus he's going, great. That's a very easy spot for me to go to now. Yeah. And we'll find out. Um, but that was just my first thought with the Raiders uh, moving on from Derek Carr. Hopefully the Niners just go out, handle your business, don't fall into the trap, and you'll be fine. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, there's something I want to get into with Brock Purdy. It's going to sound like I'm hating on him, and I promise you I'm not hating on him, but there's a question that's been rattling around in my brain that I just have to ask somebody, Levin, so I'll ask it to you when we come back. Back here on the Gold Standard Podcast. All right, I said before we went to break that I had a Brock Purdy question rattling around in my brain. Before we get to that, let me interject because uh, this is a hilarious thing that needs to be included on the podcast. Super important, Rob. No, by all means, slam the brakes on the show. I will. <laughs> this is just getting posted, so you might have seen this by the time you hear the podcast, but I think it's something we got to bring up because it's hilarious. Devontae Adams, Raiders wide receiver. I mean, if you don't know who he is, well, I don't know what to tell you. But he said at the beginning of this year that he would not be with the Raiders if it was not for Derek Carr being there. They were college teammates. So pretty big deal that uh, Derek Carr is not starting now. Brandon Ayuk commented on a Sunday Night Football 
post bring, bringing up the fact that Devontae Adams said that, saying, go ahead and sit out this week. Stand with your guy. There we go, Brandon. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't even know that the bulletin material. Like, what do you post about that? Heck, yeah. I'm here. I'm playing. Like, that, that's not anything that I think you can even get, like, rallied up or fired up about or anything. No, I mean, what is it a surprise that Brandon Ayuk doesn't want their best offensive player to play? I mean, that's only logical, but that's a hilarious comment from Ayuk, and I love yeah. it. The the only thing I would say that he he could have improved this on is instead of stand with your guy, he should have said sit with your guy. He said sit out this week, stand with your guy. Yeah, should have said sit with your guy. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this is just Kevin Harlan, who did the game for CBS last week. It's not Ayuk. It's Ayuk. Oh, I heard that too. That oh my God. Like I hate, you know me. I hate when they get guys names wrong, but like it's, it's, this is not like the sixth string left tackle. No, and it's also especially insulting because he's saying yuck. And, and Kevin Harlan is one of the best in the business too. That's what's so surprising about it. He's a really good play by play guy, but he just kept saying Ayuk. And it was like, oh, it was like nails on a chalkboard every time he caught a pass. Yeah. How, do, how does that not get said one time? Because I, I remember he said it on the first reception. Yeah. And I actually said something to my wife about it because it drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. But how did they not go to the first break and either his color guy or one of the guys in his ear go, hey, by the way, this is how you pronounce the name. I agree. Somebody should have caught it. It could be just one of those things. Look, we we both do podcasts. I think we both announced games live uh, back in college and stuff. But sometimes you get a pronunciation stuck in your head. And even though you're thinking of the correct one, muscle memory or whatever it is just comes out and you keep saying it wrong. Even though your brain is saying, this is how you say it, you end up saying it the wrong way. Maybe it's that for him. Who knows? But yeah, it was driving me nuts too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let me get back to what I teased because I don't want to leave people hanging. The Brock Purdy question that's been rattling around in my brain. Brock's been getting a lot of love, um, rightfully so, because he's played better than anybody thought he was going to play. And we've seen a look, some differences in the offense and good for him. He, he's doing exactly what he should be doing. And I'm not, I, I'm not going to ask this question to hate on Brock Purdy. That is not my point. I just, it's been in my head. So I want to ask you and you tell me if you think I'm nuts and I know you will. Is this offense, what we've seen now since Brock got in there, life under Brock Purdy? Or is this just life under a quarterback that's not Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, a good bit of both, I would say. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, this season he had managed to not have the critical mistakes. Correct. But I think he still had gained a lot of plays, and they were brought up. Uh, you'd see the, the video on Twitter after the games and stuff, where there was a guy streaking wide open, deep down the field, and instead he's like, oh, I got this five-yard safe pass. I'm taking it. I'm not taking any risks, even though this guy is literally open by 10 yards. <laughs> Uh, whereas I think Purdy does, it, he looks for that. He at least gives it a glance. Mm-hmm. Hey, is that completely wide open? No, okay, I'm going to take the safe thing. And if it is completely wide open, we've seen him a couple times let it rip. And that's what I said from the start, that yes, he doesn't have the strongest of arms, but as long as he's letting a rip once or twice a game, the defense has to stay honest. They can't cheat like they started cheating with Jimmy. So I think part of it is Purdy and part of it is just life without Garoppolo because I think most other quarterbacks would go, hey, this guy's wide open, 20 yards down the field. I'm going to take that one over the five-yard one. 
I completely so agree. I, I don't think it, it, it's a huge thing that, oh, Purdy is so amazing at this. It's that Purdy does the logical thing and throws it to the guy that's open further down the field. That's what I think, too. And I, I was wondering, like, because Michael Irvin said on 95-7 the game this week, why didn't the offense look like this with Trey Lance? And it really got me thinking. So I went back. Is we can judge that? Well, Brock Purdy. You can't run this offense in a monsoon, and that's all we saw. Right. So, Like, Brock Purdy has thrown for 212 yards per game. That's his average passing yards. You know what Trey Lance's was in three starts? 201. So, like, basically the same. The difference has been Brock has six touchdowns in the three starts. Trey only had two. So, obviously, that's a big difference. Uh, And Lance had three interceptions, one in each game. Brock has only had one interception so far. Well, actually, no, that's not right. Brock has had two interceptions. Oh, no, the first one. That's right. The first one came in really. It wasn't garbage time. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brock has had one. Trey Lance has had three. But we've seen Brock have some dropped interceptions as well. I'm just wondering, like, I look back and I keep thinking this is exactly what was supposed to happen with Trey Lance. Lance was supposed to be the guy that was throwing the ball deeper down the field, taking advantage of the weapons, finding Kittle deeper down the field. That was supposed to be what we saw with Trey. And then I went back and I looked and I was like, what are Nick Mullins? First three starts. Nick Mullins averaged <laughs> 244 yards per I did game. This, did this two weeks ago on the instant reaction. You're like, come on, don't bring that up. Well, instant reaction is right after the game, man. I'm I know, but trying to be positive. <laughs> I do think it's interesting, though. I think that the answer to the question is it's more just life not under Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's been a long time since we've had a consistent run of quarterback play not under Jimmy, and it's been even longer since we had a competent quarterback not under or not named Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's the difference. We've seen Mullins, we've seen Beathard, but those guys stink. I think it's safe to say right now, Brock Purdy doesn't stink. That's the only definitive statement I'm willing to say. He doesn't stink. He can put, he can hit the open guy, and the one thing that he can do extremely well, when guys are coming at him, He's incredibly elusive. Now, he's not Lamar Jackson. He does it in a different way, but he has this late, like super late pocket movement where the you, he looks all but sacked and then he makes a little move and the defender goes flying by and Brock can still make a play. Right. That's very impressive. Well, I mean, I, I saw uh, prior to his first start, you know, people posted his, you know, athletic prowess, uh, his athletic results, and pretty much everything, height, weight, hand size, uh, overall 40 time, all of it was really, really bad, like really (laughs) low, except for his 10-yard shuttle was literally in the 90th percentile, meaning as quick as hell, Hmm. his first step. And so that's what you're seeing there is that, yeah, he's not going to have a huge top-end speed. We've seen that. Like He's not in the open field going to run away from people. He's going to get caught. But he's incredibly quick, and that's what matters in the pocket. It's the ability to make a very fast sidestep and that guy's momentum takes him out of the picture. Yes. And we see that, that he does have that, not just the athletic ability, but he's also very good at recognizing how he needs to move to avoid that guy. So I do agree, but this is where I'm at with Purdy overall. I can say with 100% confidence, he is a guy that you absolutely want no matter what on your roster. He's a very high level backup at worst. Mm-hmm. That's his floor now, which is amazing for where he was drafted. And the fact that he's still a rookie at this point to say that he is a guy that definitely has 
a long NFL career where at the very worst, he's going to be a top-end backup. Now, I think we've seen some starter qualities from him. But as you mentioned, he has had some dropped interceptions. I believe his uh, turnover-worthy plays is actually higher than Jimmy Garoppolo's career. But he is a rookie. So the question is, he's either already plateaued, which is possible, or he's a rookie and he keeps improving. If he's able to improve on what he is now, he could be the starter long-term for this franchise. But due to his draft position, you don't want to just fall back on that, but he does have certain limitations due to his arm strength and, and other things like that, that this might be the ceiling. And you might see a little bit of regression back to the norm where some of those interceptions get caught. And hey, it's a guy that we're great as our backup. We don't necessarily want as our starter. And we won't know that answer for a while because he is a rookie. We have seen rookies come in, do really well. Teams start to figure things out after a few weeks. They go down, then they get an offseason, they come back, and they're able to take it to the defense again. Maybe he does that. Maybe he doesn't. But what I am confident in is that he's, at worst, pretty much equivalent to Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of overall quality, which means he's somebody that should have starting opportunities. Now, because of the specific situation of this team, he might not get those opportunities next year. We don't know. Time will tell. But he is somebody that has intriguing upside, and he's shown enough as a rookie that you're going, hey, I want to see more of this. I don't know how you could disagree with any of that. One thing that popped into my head, too, and I put a video out on social media about this. Pop quiz for you. How many drives has Brock Purdy been behind since he's relieved Jimmy Garoppolo? Behind? Mm-hmm. It's either zero or one. One. I was going to say, the very first with the Dolphins? Yeah, the first drive he ever had, they were down 7-3. to three. He came in, threw a touchdown to Kyle Juszczyk. He has never trailed since then. The 49ers have not trailed in a game for what will be almost a month by the time they play the Raiders. That's insane. Like, t- that is like flash. They're probably not going to be trailing the Raiders or the Cardinals. I mean, <laughs> but like 11, like I'm, we're talking not even like, hey, the other team goes down and gets the ball first and kicks a field goal. Right. Like not even that. Nothing. They have not trailed in a game for a month. That's insane. That's why, like Kyle talked about it yesterday. Like, don't take this for granted. Like, this is absurd. What is happening with the 49ers right now? Yeah. And you can talk about their quality of opponent but we see team really good teams lose to teams they have no business losing to every single week and the Niners have not only come out and gotten the wins but pretty much come out and said hey we're the big brother you're the much younger little brother so we're gonna put you in a noogie and pick (laughs) (laughs) right and like you know we've seen the Chiefs come out and they kind of like half-ass it basically and another team will get like a 10-point lead and then Mahomes will be like all right wait a minute and then he'll just go and throw five touchdowns and the Chiefs will blow him out like we have not seen that with the 49ers no you do not get a lead on the 49ers over the last month it's incredible but we still don't know how Brock will do when he's trailing if he does have to drop back and pass you know with no RPO or anything like that. That's one of the questions that has yet to be answered for him. Right. And I did see some people on Twitter saying, why is that even a question? You know, nobody should be asking whether a quarterback's good when they're down 17 or whatever. 
No, it it is a question, maybe not 17 points, but it is a question when a defense is able to drop back, play play against the pass, have more DBs out there, mm-hmm. you know, run a dime package or whatever you want to call it to where the t- windows are tighter, can he still get it done? That is a legitimate question because guess what? You get down by 10 points or so, you're going to start seeing that, especially in the second half, and he's going to have to be able to find the openings when the teams know they can't run. Right now, everything's working because the run is a legitimate threat at all times with this team to the point that on first and second down, the defense isn't able to just drop back and defend the pass, and Purdy has been excellent at finding the open guy on those early downs and making third down manageable. Especially with Christian McCaffrey in there, because you don't know what the hell they're going to do with him in there. Like he gives nothing away. So the amount of like mystery that the 49ers have on every single play is just at an all time high. By the way, shout out to Homage, who hooked me up with this sweet McCaffrey shirt, which nobody can see, but I'm showing Levin <laughs> anyway. If you want to see what it looks like, go to uh, the link in the description. It'll click on it, it'll take you right to all their 49ers stuff. You'll see the McCaffrey shirt there. Uh, super comfortable. You should definitely go and pick it up. And let's be honest, Levin, I make the shirt look good. Uh, yeah, sure. Because uh, <laughs> that NFL blitz that's on it hasn't been around for like 25 years as an uber popular, great design thing or anything like that. Yeah, it's all you, Rob. Why do you have to be a jerk like all the time? You couldn't just like throw me a bone? The guy that makes things look so good, he went into radio and podcasting and sits in his basement all day. Yes. We're on video sometimes. <laughs> All right. Why didn't you wear it on Monday? Uh, good question. I don't know. I was sick as hell. I've been, I don't know. We're all sick. I've been fighting something. You could probably hear it in my voice. I'm just starting now to come out on the other side. But like Christmas, I was all hopped up on like day quill and, and everything I could get my hands on just to get through the day. I have no sympathy for you because on Christmas, I got called into unexpected night shifts because it was like negative 20 wind chills and where I work was completely frozen and couldn't run. So I had to go in and stand my butt outside trying to thaw things out. Yeah. So Levin was supposed to do the instant reaction show with me. And then I get a text from him. Hey, have a work emergency. Probably not going to be able to do the show. And if you remember, Levin literally works in a blast proof room. So when he says he has a work emergency, I'm not going to lie. Like, I got a little scared. I literally texted you like, is everything okay? Like, what's going on? Because when you work in a blast proof room, a work emergency takes on a whole new meaning. (laughs) Okay, well, allow me to tell you this uh, for future reference. If I'm heading in to a work emergency, it's damn well not going boom. Cause I'm going nowhere near it if that's a situation. <laughs> right. If you're headed in. <laughs> and like I said, there's all kinds of precautions to where that can't happen. There might be a small uh, thing in a fire that's hard to put out, but it's not going to go boom because of thing safety precautions that are, nobody has to touch a button to do. They do it automatically. So you had to stand outside in the cold and like warm up pipes? Sort of. It, it was, so it wasn't pipes frozen. It was valves. So what happened was, uh, in Pittsburgh, the weather was like 35 degrees and raining, and then it literally dropped uh, about 30 degrees in an hour and a half from the storm front that came in. So all that rain that was sitting on stuff instantly turned to ice in that hour and a half because it got so cold. It was like zero degrees. I think it was like negative two air temp uh, overnight. So it was like negative 20 because there was also like 20 mile an hour sustained winds, which is very uncommon here. 
Uh, North Dakota, that was the norm. Out here, not so much. Uh, so all of that froze. And when certain valves that don't have to move very much needed to move, they couldn't move. Mm. They were frozen. And so the plant ended up going down because so many of the valves weren't moving when they needed to move that we needed to take the plant down. And once we took the plant down, it's that much harder to get running because all of those valves aren't moving. So now they're just freezing in place over and over. And, you know, and so you get one thawed and another one's frozen. Then you get that one thawed and another one's frozen. So you had to shut down the plant because the valves were frozen, which then froze the valves. Yes. It, it's <laughs> literally a kind of a, <laughs> you're really damned once the plant goes down. So you try to stay running, but there were just, from what I heard from the operators there out there, there were just so many that weren't responding. There were places down all over the this whole region because of the, the storm that came through. So it wasn't just like, oh, our plant is the only one that messed up. We didn't mess up. There literally just the weather was so bad. And the... The fact that it was rain and then it froze so quick is what did everything. You know what a work emergency is for me? You need to poop? <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say a sore throat, but yeah, that's probably better. <laughs> You're live with Vish on Monday and you really need to use the bathroom. Uh, like, I'm not going to lie. That has happened. But we've, you know, we, Granted, we fight with through the way it your camera is set up. You could totally be going right now. And I wouldn't even know. <laughs> Look, Kyle Juszczyk breaks his finger and has to gain six more yards for a first down. And then I, there's me who has to poop. You know, we all have our, our things to fight through during our profession. What can I say? All right. I don't know where else. To... I, I'm going to really question the next time you have a grimace on your face. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's a gross and terrible place to leave it. But that's where we're going to go uh, for today's show. Thank you, everybody. Please rate. This, this show ended as shitty as the Oakland Raiders or sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders are. And there it is. There we go. You just couldn't resist. Okay. Well, I had to. Had to get one in. Thank hey, you. That was nice. Much. There are a couple times I abbreviated a cuss word. Please keep your ratings and your reviews coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all the support. This is our last show uh, before the calendar changes to 2023. We have smashed our downloads. We set a record last year for downloads. We have more than doubled it this year. So that is thanks to you. We are overjoyed with your support. I promise you, we are going to keep earning it. 11. Hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you after the game.